This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Matter of Theology is a podcast production by Faithful Life Ministries where we address church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We seek to bring you biblical truths despite what the popular movements or networks of the day teach. We are on Patreon, so if you'd like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matteroftheology and become a subscriber. There's a number of plans for you to choose from. Uh, if you would like to donate the conventional way, uh, you know, maybe give us a money order, a check, uh, or just an envelope full of cash. Uh, Faithful Life Ministries is a registered 501c3 nonprofit ministry. Your donation will be tax deductible. So reach out for how you can donate. Um, on today's episode, now we're going to cover a couple of things and they all kind of flowed together. We were originally going to discuss the downfall of Francis Chan, one of our uh, followers on our Facebook page, you know, we put the question out, you know, trying to move forward from the George Floyd issue, you know, is there a topic that's kind of lingering in someone's mind? And, and, uh, you know, one of our followers put, you know, the downfall of Francis Chan, because this is something that has kind of been lingering in people's minds. I mean, Francis Chan, who's wrote several really good books and helpful books, he's a graduate of the Master's Seminary. So how could he be partnering with and giving validation to men and women like Mike Bickle of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Todd White, Heidi Baker from, from Bethel, Benny Hinn. Oh, no, by the way, Bethel has not healed one person from COVID yet. No, they have not. Just saying. <laughs> kind of hard when your healing rooms are closed. <laughs> they would just open those suckers up. The healing, let the healing begin. Right. <laughs> That's right. But so, so, so he's partnering with, with the them, uh, known false teachers and charlatans. But he's also bringing affirmation to the Roman Catholic Church and coming alongside them as though they were true believers. And this is concerning, uh, especially since I'm sure that many of us, our listeners, I know myself, um, we have been in our Christian walk greatly encouraged by Francis's ministry. Uh, so to see the route that he's taking is uh, very heartbreaking. Uh, so that was the original plan. 
until an oh so great clip hit social media from the Acts 29 president and village church pastor Matt Chandler talking about current issues, the current situation that we as a church find ourselves in with the, the racial tension that's in America. And he discusses some of the civil rights movement, MLK, and our inheritance as believers. But before we get into that, guys, did you know that we actually reached another level? Uh-oh. In what? Uh, no. What? Oh, oh, yes. We, we, we had our first internet troll. Oh, goodness. We had our first <laughs> internet troll. Good gracious. I saw that. I saw that. It, uh, I have no clue what you're talking about. I just heard from you guys that we did. And so so on our Instagram, if you follow our Instagram page, Matter of Theology, <laughs> uh, on Instagram, uh, we shared a post from our friend, Dr. Josh Bice. Uh, and and uh, do you have the post, Chris? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Keep keep going. I'll read. It. I'll, I'll, give me a second. I'll have to so so we posted a, a tweet, a screenshot of a tweet by Doctor Bice, and one per everyone everyone loves the post except for one person. Yeah. Read the tweet. Read read the tweet. It's a, it says a uh, quote, dear pastor. After Paul was saved by God's grace, his ethnic pride was buried in the depths of the sea. He spent the remaining days of his life preaching the gospel to Jew and Gentile before his head was cut off in Rome. His message wasn't, quote, Jewish lives matter, close quote. It was the gospel, period, close quote. That's right. And so this one person, facts, fact life for you. Oh, uh, he's like calling him out. <laughs> uh, the the first comment that they made was this it, it, it was this and this blew my mind that this was that this came up it says i'm sorry were the jews being persecuted by the gentiles completely irrelevant posts you're trying to sound deep but it's not even biblical uh i think they were trying to say biblically comparable well the jews were being persecuted by the gentiles so were the christians everyone who did not take a pinch of incense to Caesar and say, Kaiser Kudios, Caesar is Lord, was persecuted, not to mention their temple was destroyed in AD 70. And you don't get your temple destroyed unless you're being persecuted. And that just set off a firestorm with this person. Um, because all I gave was just church history. Right. That's it's it's documented. It's factual. Just go back and read it. But what ensued and and this is where it kind of gets into what we're going to talk about today with with Matt Chandler, the mindset of what how this individual was reasoning was critical race theory. Their starting point was critical race theory that you're viewing the Bible and what happened and history from a place of quote unquote white privilege and you from your privilege from your privilege and you need to not view it from that place um well i think 2000 years of church history would disagree with this individual uh <laughs> but uh the conversation that happened when you hold to ideologies like critical race theory and intersectionality, 
it really takes its position on what's called standpoint epistemology, meaning your experience is key. Mm. The standpoint of your experience becomes the lens which you view everything else. So now as Christians, and this individual is claiming to be a Christian, uh, as Christians, we have what's called revelational epistemology. Right. Epistemology is just how do we know what we know? Well, as Christians, we know what we know because it has been revealed to us by God through his word. Our experiences are to be tested by the word. We're not to take our experience and view everything else as the lens uh, of how we view reality. Right? right. Because then we have a distorted view because experience in itself is subjective. It's arbitrary. It changes from person to person. No one has the same exact experience as, an, as another person. So to rely on your experience as your lens is ultimately a new religion. It's a different God because it's, it, it's relying on, on things that you have seen, have witnessed things that have happened to you. It's not being led and guided by the word of God. Yeah. Your starting point's wrong. Um, uh, Ultimately your, your starting point is uh, Drew, as you said, experience. And, uh, and even if your starting point is not experience, if, if you don't stay committed to the biblical worldview, uh, you don't start with the right bibliology. Uh, you will not have a right theology proper. You will not have a right a view of anthropology. Um, and then ultimately what will happen is uh, what we're seeing right now with a lot of people who profess faith in Christ who um, ultimately are, 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 are starting from the presupposition of these worldly narratives, definitions, and terms, when if we profess faith in Jesus Christ, it should start, stay, and end in Scripture, period, period. Um, we, we should be dogmatic about that. Uh, that. That should be our goal. That's right. That's right. So now <clears throat> let's take that. Let's take this idea of critical race theory. Now, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I am late to the game about critical race theory. It's true, you are. Just because, and, and I've admitted this. You <laughs> it's because you're privileged. <laughs> it's because I'm privileged. <laughs> you show up whenever you feel like it. <laughs> it's your white privilege showing. How okay. dare you? <laughs> um, so so I've ad- I, I admitted, I, I think it was last night, uh, just on my on my Facebook that uh, I when this started to be talked about uh, by guys like Vody Bauckham. Vody's been talking about this for years. Uh, the discussion of what he calls ethnic Gnosticism and cultural Marxism. Uh, Dr. James White has been talking about it. Tom Buck has been talking about it. Josh Bice has been talking about it. A lot of people have were talking about this, but in my own, I'll admit, ignorance. Uh, I didn't think this was going to be as big an issue as it, as it has turned out to be. And so I'm a little bit late in, in coming to the study of critical race theory, but what I have studied thus far, and it's only been what a couple weeks, 
maybe, I mean, I really started getting into it really the origins of it a couple of days ago, but, yeah. uh, well, and the, the, I, I put this on Twitter and, um, uh, the, the, it exploded. Uh, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> meaning for that to happen, but, uh, it did, um, lots of retweets and likes and lots of interesting comments. Uh, you know, it was just two years ago that, uh, as, as Drew stated, men, uh, Dr. Vody Bakum, John MacArthur, Tom Buck, Tom Askell, Founders Ministries, uh, Dr. Josh Bice, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker, uh, they, they, they drafted and signed this statement, uh, the statement on social justice. And of course, that uh, in 2019, there was the big Shepherds Conference Q&A uh, where Phil Johnson was asking Mark Dever and Albert Moeller and Ligon Duncan about this and, and it, and it got kind of heated and, but it was, it was, it got very heated. Uh, you could cut the tension in the room with a plastic spoon. That's how heated, uh, that, that was. And, um, you know, but it was, and, it was, and for people that watched it, it was nothing compared was to nothing being, compared in, the to being <laughs> in the room. That's right. Drew and I were in the room. So, but, but the interesting thing was, as John MacArthur said, he said that, Social justice, the concept of social justice and the social gospel uh, is the most, in his 50 plus years of doing ministry, it is the most dangerous attack on the unity of the church of Jesus Christ. And he said that two years ago, and look what's happening today. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> one of the things that I, I have noticed is that people who follow guys like Matt Chandler, right? They don't understand or know what critical race theory and intersectionality are. So when he makes a, a statement or, or puts out a sermon clip like he did, they don't recognize it as being part of holding to criti critical race theory. Uh, is that fair to say that that the majority of people don't don't realize that's what that is? I, I wouldn't say the majority. I think I would say some. And uh, but but the you know the the issue. Let me say this before we before we really crank into this uh, concerning Matt. Um, first and foremost, he is a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, I and, and, and we are, are not. Uh, the Lord has in his sovereignty given him the, the office and title of, of pastor of the village church and the head of the, the A29, the Acts 29 church planning network. And he is a, a dear brother in Christ uh, and someone who uh, the Lord has used in, in my life a great deal. And one of my favorite books to read was The Explicit Gospel. Um, and we're the reason that we're getting into this, and, and we're going to kind of unpack this three-minute and seven-second video, um, is because not only, I mean, he doesn't reference critical race theory by name or intersectionality, but the, the problem with this is it's not even proper biblical exposition. It's, it's, it's I mean, he read the text but he did not explain the text in its entirety or exhort with the text. Um, and, and, and he says multiple times that he's, he's wanting to press in at certain points of the message. I listened to the whole sermon uh, twice, mm -hmm. 
just to make sure I, I didn't, I did not want to come at this and, and take things out of context, or I didn't want this to come across as pulpit and pen like. Um, now, and there's many things yeah, anything like like before, before this this clip when he's kind of getting into and and setting the the stage for the message. We would say is is pretty solid. We would get on board yeah, with it. Absolutely, we, we would 100%. say uh, up until this, we would say, "Man, you're absolutely right." We would agree with that. But but the problem is. The, the, the problem is, is, and this is what makes it so dangerous, is he's taking the truth found in Scripture and lacing it with godless ideologies, mm -hmm. such as critical race theory, mm -hmm. that finds its roots in, to use the words of Dr. Vody Bauckham, cultural Marxism. Yeah, that's right. So, so uh, real quick, critical race theory comes, it, it, it really is birthed out of Marxism. Now, Karl Marx dealt mostly in economics, and uh, he predicted a revolution with urban workers, right? The idea was to demonstrate the urban workers rising up against uh, their, their, their bosses, right? So it's them realizing they're the oppressed coming up against the oppressor, the, the bosses. Uh, well, that didn't happen. But Gramsci, who came after Karl Marx, actually took Marx's uh, ideas and he, he took them outside the realm of economics and he kind of applied them to other uh, uh, constructs uh, in society. Uh, so, so he actually really helped people to understand if you were oppressed or not. Uh, so, so it was kind of taking the, uh, people realizing, oh yeah, I, I guess I am oppressed. Let's, well, let's rise up and let's do something about it. Um, so it, so it's really birthed out of that. And Gramsci actually, and part of his great plan was the subverting of the Christian faith. And we might get into that, uh, later as we go on, but, uh, but Gramsci saw a, a problem with, in all these towns where he was trying to make uh, his, his, his theories uh, and his application of communism and Marxism work, he was realizing that all these towns were influenced by the Christian faith. And so he needed to undo all of that in order for, for what he wanted to, have to, to happen to take place. Um, so now moving forward, from Marx, from Gramsci, we have Derek Bell, who is really kind of the the author and and the uh, blueprint worker of of critical race theory. And you have critical race theory, which then is coupled with uh, intersectionality, which comes from Kimberly, uh, what's her name, Crenshaw, and she was she was a lawyer. And these two work inextricably together. You cannot separate the two. And it's the idea of recognizing that there is racism, but it's recognizing that racism stems from the social construct, which we would call the homogeny. Or, uh, or actually, that's what uh, Gramsci called it. He called it the homogeny. And now when we apply that into, into our time, what's the homogeny? It's kind of like a caste system. So you have at the top of the homogeny would be white, male, cisgendered, able-bodied, um, native-born, and everything, that, that's where the system starts, where you hear the idea of systemic racism. That is the head, the top of the, the, the so-called system. Socially, not biblically. Socially, socially. socially not biblically, that's right, because this is all a social construct. 
isn't it isn't it interesting how hard we work to make sin look like it's not our fault yes yeah. yes it's very simple yeah. i mean we it's, work it's, way too hard at it it's literally yeah like if we worked if we worked half as hard at striving after Christ as we do trying to blame Come our on. sin on others. Come on. <laughs> like, Come like on. Jesus could just take us home now, you know, like, honestly, like look at the garden as well. It's this woman you gave me. Well, it's, it's the social construct. Well, it's right. this, it's that. it's that. It's like, just own up, quit, quit hiding. We all know you're naked. We all know you're ugly. Mm-hmm. Own up to it <laughs> and, and embrace Christ. Well, and that's, that's the thing. People read your Bibles and look in the mirror. Read your Bibles and look in the mirror. What does scripture say about who you are outside of Christ? Read Romans 3. Just read Romans 3. That's who you are. The poison of asps flows from your mouth. Uh, We said this on on the George Floyd episode. If we've hated someone in our heart, we have committed murder against them. That's right. It's very simple. It's And Josh, great point. We muddy the waters so much. When we should, if we would just slow down, take, take the focus off of ourselves, but at the same time, examine ourselves, Mm -hmm. how much easier would this be? Right. Because the whole idea is to blame whatever your oppression is on somebody else, because that that's the whole point of, of CRT intersectionality is that there's always an, an oppressor and there's always an oppressed. Well, you have to blame somebody. So you're always looking towards the oppressor as, as the sinner. They're, they're the cause of, of your oppression, whatever your oppression may be. Again, this, this again stems from standpoint epistemology, your experience. So whatever you've experienced, whatever you want to call uh, oppression, there is an oppressor. And the, the problem is, uh, it's really, it's really relativism. Your your oppression, whatever whatever that may be, and 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 I'm I'm I'll I'll admit that there are some people that do experience real oppression, right? And we don't want to minimize that. Uh, but there are people who have never felt oppression that call themselves oppressed, uh, and really it's relativism because you can't come against someone else's truth, right? Uh, you can't take the standpoint and say, well, let's talk about that because then you're speaking from a place of privilege. And it's just, it's an ongoing cycle. There's no redemption. There's, there's no uh, end to it. And if you don't get on board, then you're the racist. So there's going to be no end of this podcast if we don't like actually start playing the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I talk about Chandler. Lay, I had to lay a little bit of groundwork, but there's there's, yeah, there's much right. more that could be that could be could be. There's said. a lot more. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, right so now we're going to get into the video from Matt Chandler. Now this is from a sermon, a sermon that he did on uh, June seventh. And the text that he's going through is Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 23. And Chris is going to read that for us so we can uh, have our foundation of what he's talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to read this and then I have, I have one comment. And then, uh, and then Drew's, we're, we're going we're gonna to play some, we're going to play the, 
through the video. So uh, scripture says this, Ephesians 1, 15, starting in verse 15. Uh, For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention for you in my prayers. Uh, that the that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under in in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, again, this is not a, this is not intended to be a pick on Matt Chandler episode, um, but this is intended to point out the dangers of not properly sticking to scripture. And Matt does a great job, as Drew said, laying the groundwork of the sermon. Uh, but then he kind of, it, it kind of starts to turn a little bit. He, he says that you can read a narrative, the narrative of what happened in the church of Ephesus in Acts 19 and 20 concerning Paul's time there. And he, he mentions that one of the outcomes of the church there was the change in the socioeconomic climate and culture. That is never the mission of the church. I want to lay that ground. I want to say that firm. The mission of the church is to make disciples. The mission of the church is to teach and admonish. The mission of the church, as Jesus said in Mark, is to teach, teach them all that I have commanded you. That's the mission of the church. Um, and, and then, and then he, he, he moves into this that you guys are going to hear. So, and this is, yeah. this is uh, talking about the portion of inheritance. Uh, uh, the, the last part of uh, verse 18. Maybe if I can get it to share. It's it's sharing. Oh, can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. I just can't couldn't hear it. I don't know if you play yet though. We'll edit this out. Oh, and FYI, have you guys ever watched the Elephant Room sessions? Yeah, I've heard about it. <sighs> like talk about like oh, there is nothing that will. It's Matt Chandler, Mark Stephen Driscoll, Furtick. Stephen Furtick, yeah, and the the other dude, the guy that just got kicked out of his church, James McDonald. James, James McDonald. McDonald. Yeah. Like a round table of jerks. Okay. okay. Yeah. Hang on. on. Let me try. Let me try, Drew. Okay. Got it. Hold up. Can you just go on Instagram and just play the three minute clip? Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. It says host disabled attendee screen sharing. Can you make it to where we can share screens? Whatever, Drew. Um <laughs> wait. Oh, I, I I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. You see that? Yep. We okay. Can see that. All right. That's where I want to lean in a little bit on where we find ourselves. 
If you'll study the civil rights movement in the 60s, there's a pattern that emerges. So the predominant leader there is Martin Luther King Jr., which we really like right now because he's dead. I have to believe that a Martin Luther King Jr. right now. Stop. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. No, keep going just a little, bit, a little farther, a little farther. Sorry. 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 Be a liberal Marxist socialist that everybody despises, but we'll. Okay. I want to stop. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. Okay. Go, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. I've never liked Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> he was and, a liberal Marxist here's socialist. The thing, here's the thing is like, um, and yeah, I'll, I'll get into this. I'll get into this a little bit more later, I think, but I'm kind of tired of people telling me what I think and what I don't <laughs> on certain issues. Yes, sir. Um, and I did Martin, Lu did Martin Luther King Jr. say and strive for some good things. Yes. yes, he did. Of course yes. he did. Yes. But I don't, I don't think he was, he wasn't a moral man. No, he wasn't no. a Christian man. No, he was a, he was Thank a very, you. very flawed individual that happened to be fighting for things that I agree. I think we need, like, we need equality. Absolutely. We need equality. He fought for good things, but I've never been a fan of his <laughs> is the, it's the thing. And I Christians that hold Martin Luther King on such a pedestal. Um, I, I have, I don't know if concerns is the right word, but I want to like, actually like, 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 do you actually know who he was and the things that he did? And I'm not just talking the good work that he did. I'm talking about I, the, the, the conduct of his character. Correct. Right? Because today, I mean, in such, you know, in such a world of cancel culture, um, I'm surprised that he is still held as someone to be revered. Right. Oh, absolutely. He, like I said, he was liberal leftist and Marxist. And, mm -hmm. and the fact is um, that the fact that he's not here or is here on this earth has nothing to do with that. He was, if we're going based upon Martin Luther King Jr.'s own words he was not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He denied the deity of Christ. He denied the virgin birth and the bodily resurrection. So you mm -hmm. cannot verbally deny those things and, and be, a, be a believer. You can't. Right. Because, I mean, you, you, look at, you look at the book of Romans. Romans 10, 9 is, is, is very, very clear uh, about, about what we should say. Uh, if we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just give me just a second. I think it's interesting that Matt Chandler pointed out that had Martin Luther King still been with us, he would be these things. Well, one, he already was these things, as we just talked about, a liberal yeah. Marxist socialist. He was those things. But if he were here today and he was still those things, would we still quote him? Would we hold to him? No. So why are you going to do no. it now? No, no, no. Here, here's what would happen. And, and, and to be honest, he, he's kind of he's uh, if he was here today, I, I don't think it would matter that he's a liberal leftist and Marxist. He would be celebrated right. uh, because he would be standing for the narrative and because of the melanin count in his skin. Mm -hmm. If I'm right. being 100 percent honest, you know, again, going back to what I was saying, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, Jesus as curious and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. Okay. So go ahead. Keep going. 
Right. Quote him now because he's not here to offend us in the now. Uh, this is what uh, Jesus means when, when he says that, that you love the prophets that are no longer with us, but you don't like the prophets that are here today, but neither here nor... Okay, yeah, stop. He wasn't a prophet. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> that is not what Jesus meant. Nope. He was not talking about individuals that preach for social reform a he is talking about individuals that were proclaiming the word of god and they were killed because the people hate the word of god come on yes sir right so you cannot divorce scripture from its context oh come on nowhere is christ talking about you killed the prophets because they were striving to 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 bring equality among the Jews and the Gentiles. No, 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 no. The prophets died because they dared speak what the word of God told them to speak. Yes, sir. And they were killed because of that. So to equate an individual who is fighting for social reform with a prophet of God who was killed for proclaiming his holy and inerrant word is lunacy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Complete irresponsibility. And, and it's and it's not, it's just not true. And the only thing, again, I I don't know Matt's heart here, and I don't right. want to make a judgment, but Absolutely. the only that statement is I is 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 born, in my opinion, out of one of two things either sheer ignorance of why the prophets of God were actually killed, which he's a pastor. He's been a pastor for a long time. I'd like to think he's not ignorant. Or that statement is just looking to pick a fight. Or I I would say either one, either one is frankly, I would say he's, he's looking to elevate MLK to that position of, of prophet. Um, it's an idolization of of MLK. That's what that's what I would. Say. I I it's, wouldn't it's go possible. that. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't go that far. I would say this, Matt Chandler. Okay, just just speaking facts. Okay, again, Matt Chandler has a history of pushing this narrative and rhetoric of racial reconciliation and intersectionality. He has a history, a documented history of it. All this does, and the statement he's about to make, I, I, I think, I, I think, kind of gives us some uh, some insight here into uh, into the purpose of saying this. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, I would say, keep keep, keep going, and and you're going to hit stop here very quickly because there's something I want to say right after he says civil rights movement in the '60s. But go ahead. Or there in in the 60s the the civil rights movement was born out of the church and so if you you study martin luther king like there was this pattern they they would meet they would pray they would worship they would go over kind of the rules of the protest and and then they would march and and this was a rhythm that was established by king so that it was rooted in the church that the church let out in a very real way on the civil rights movement in the 60s stop no nope. no it was not. And can we please, can we please stop giving credit 
to a neo-Marxist left-leaning heretic for what happened in the civil rights movement. Okay, we need to remember that this world is God's creation and that he is the one who should be given credit first and foremost for all that has happened when it comes to uh, ethnic relations in this country and in the world. Was Martin Luther King a hero when it came to, came to his courage in standing up for what he believed in? And equality, absolutely, absolutely did. And does that, or does he represent the church of Jesus Christ from what I have read from King's own words and mouth and writings? Absolutely not. Right. And, and, and we need to be able to hold both of those as true. Like, correct. Like, 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 here's the thing. The world is not incapable of displaying, um, communicable act attributes of God. Yeah. We are, we are all made in God's image. Um, they may do it for the wrong reasons because they aren't in Christ and they aren't doing it to glorify God, but that doesn't mean that the world, those that aren't in Christ can't have courage can't or that God won't use them show mercy or that God won't use them. Right? right. So, so we need to hold both as true is that, can I admire the courage of King um, to stand up for what I believed was right and yes. and what what during that day was against the popular opinion yeah i can i can i can admire that i think he was right to do that and i think that christians today should have the exact same courage Amen. um but that doesn't mean that i have to automatically link that right to the church or to the gospel is like, see, and we shouldn't, and, and it's, and we shouldn't like, right. like, like, it's almost, it's almost like we have to anything, anything good that happens. Right. Yes. We like, like, I mean, it's, it's like the, it's like the, uh, it's like the, just, just being like, uh, just completely enamored with like a celebrity that happens to like, claim they're a Christian. Right, like right, we want right. them on our team because heaven forbid anything good happen outside of the church. Um, and here, here's the thing, like there are good things that happen that are done by people that aren't Christians. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like yes, that yes. God in his sovereignty has ordained that to happen. So we can, at, we can both at the same time, hold up the good things and the righteous things mm-hmm. that Martin Luther King stood for and spoke for and hail those as, yes, these are good. These are excellent. We should strive for these as well. While at the same time, not bastardizing the church. Yes. Yes. And, and that's, yes, because yes. when we do that, what you do is you don't make Martin Luther King look better. You damage the, the, the integrity of the church. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Well, Brother, you could not have said that any better, and and and, and I, I, amen, and right on. That's absolutely, absolutely right. Because then, then guess what happens when you put that on the church? That's why I said, it's God that does it. God's plans never fail. God's sovereignty, it knows no weakness at all. But if you're saying this came from and stemmed from the church, and this is where it really starts to get off here. Because he starts attributing some of the things that we're seeing today, it's the church's fault. Well, and let's let's be consistent in this, right? We don't give Martin Luther King Jr. the the credit 
for the good things that happened in the 60s. It was God. Right. Amen. In the exact same way, we don't give other Christians the credit when good Correct. things happen. It's That's God. Right. That's like right. the church is guilty is guiltier than anybody of putting men on pedestals. Yeah. We yeah. do it all the time. Reform yes, culture is just enamored with putting men on pedestals. And well, it's and and it's and it's sad because those men are sinners. That's right. Like 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 if I I I know for a fact if Cal, you know if Calvin was alive today and he heard the term Calvinism, he'd roll in his grave. He'd be like, "What are you doing?" He You're hated attaching. it when he was alive. He, he hated yeah. it when he was alive. Yeah. Because he's like, "Don't you dare attach what is temporal and what is fallen and mm-hmm. what is flawed to the holiness and the goodness and the truths of Scripture." The truths of scripture are enough. That's Attribute right. them to where they come from, God. That's right. And when men have courage, and when men do good things, and when men preach a true gospel, give glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. That period stop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Drew, keep going, man. And, and now one of the things that has happened is the church by and large has, has refused to participate, which means that we have turned over, God help us, we have turned over what is our inheritance. Okay, hold on. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Jess. Go, go, go ahead, man. There's a part of that I agree with, and then a part of that where I'm just, I, just, I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> I think that there are many things in our society today that the church has failed on. Sure. I believe that we have failed to take care of the widows and the orphans. Yep. We have failed to help the poor. All of these programs that we have that all of these, all of these issues that we have government programs for, that used to be the church guys. That's right. Yeah. That used to be the church yeah. taking care of those people. The, tr- the, the downcast, the downtrodden, the lesser in our communities, the lesser in our societies, it was the church that took care of them, right. gave them the gospel and brought them up. So what Chandler's saying there, at least, at least how, how, how I view that, I agree with that. There is so much that the church has failed to do today. Mm-hmm. But where it goes off the rails is where he starts talking about mm-hmm. that being our inheritance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so what I wanted to say into this is where he's talking about the church refusing to, to get into this fight uh, th- there's a part where that's true, and that's where pastors have lost their backbone in the pulpit to address these issues from a biblical standpoint. But there's a part of that where it- it's kind of true, where instead of the church actually confronting the issue, they're coming alongside and supporting the issue. So, yeah, na- yeah. so they're not only turning it over, they're joining yeah, and I'm gonna get into that and, and when he says right. something here in just a minute. Yeah, yep, amen, amen. And yeah, keep keep going. To dark ideologies. You mean like critical race theory? That you keep hold? going, keep yep. going. <laughs> like when you say, hey, we're not gonna get involved, let's just preach the gospel to that, which by the way, I find so hypocritical. You don't just preach the gospel of sex trafficking. You don't just preach the gospel on the issue of life and abortion. No, you act. And so it's why it's like this brain broke disjoint that's got us acting obscene, I mean, absurd, and then critiquing this movement as being evil and dark when we have given up our inheritance. You cannot point out all the flaws in this current movement while you have abandoned the place that we were meant to play. Stop. 
Okay. There's so much there. There's so much there that needs to be addressed first. Uh, you know, uh, this is a very, very, and, and we already pointed this out. This is a very blanketed statement that he's saying the church has given up and just hasn't, we haven't played our part. So we, we, we just addressed that, but, but, but now, now onto the big one. If you are a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot, and please hear me, you cannot, even if you wanted to give up your inheritance in Christ, you cannot do it. And anyone who tells you otherwise needs to repent, okay? Because that is nowhere found in Scripture. Our inheritance is not, is not what Martin Luther King did in the 60s. That is not our inheritance at all. When you specifically look in the Scriptures at what the Bible says about our inheritance. And I want to go to 1 Peter, okay, 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, and, and this is what Scripture says, starting in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, to obtain an inheritance which is in imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time and fellows I'm just going to ask you to give me just a second and then I'm going to I'm going to just let it go from a theological standpoint there's so much here in First Peter. We're not gonna. We don't have time to get into that right now. Okay, you've got. Uh, uh, you know, I specifically want to focus on verse four because it speaks to what we're discussing here in regards to our inheritance, eternal life with Christ. Okay, Philippians three, joy, peace, perfection in heaven, God's presence. Uh, our big brother and King Jesus Christ as our companion and all the other eternal rewards and the crowns that we will ultimately cast right back at his feet in his glorious presence and everything else that he has planned for us in the life to come. That is our inheritance. When you look at what the Bible says in multiple places, when it comes to inheritance, Matthew 25 then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. I could keep going. I, another inheritance that, that we get is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Okay, we have to remember that. Back to 1 Peter 1, our inheritance is imperishable, literally immortal. It cannot and it will not decay. In the secular Greek, it was used to describe something that was untouched or unravaged by an invading army. It's off limits. And, 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 and remember, this is why we are reminded and commanded to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven in Matthew 6. It's why we set our minds on the unseen, okay? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. This is one of the reasons that we set our minds on the things of heaven, 
Okay, Colossians 1, 3 through 11, it really digs into this. And I want to read that real quick um, because th this is so frustrating for me because just, you know, just to Josh's point, there are so many believers out there, just like you said, Josh, that, that elevate people to, to the celebrity type status that idolize people. And Matt Chandler is one of those people, you know, but you can't get on, you can't preach a sermon and say that our inheritance, the inheritance in the saints is, is what we see at the end of Ephesians 2 in, in bringing everyone into one race, one kingdom, one people. That's true, but that's not the inheritance. That's the environment of the inheritance. Colossians 3 says, therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. That's the inheritance. Verse four, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed. Nothing. Ah, uh, this is so frustrating to me. I, I, you know, because the civil rights movement didn't start with, and, and, and neither was it procured by any one man but by God. And, 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 and I said this before, by God's will, nothing can stand against anything that he starts or stops for that matter. So even if the church approached this with a hands-off approach, nothing happens outside of his sovereignty. This is lazy hermeneutics. This is eisegesis, not exegesis. This is exegeting the world's terms and the world's views and trying to apply it to scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of the big problems that we're seeing right now from believers and pastors. So, and oh, what you got, so, fellas? So what, what this is, is an end result and a consequence of taking scripture and asking yourself, how can I mesh this into the culture that I live in? And when you begin to view everything in scripture through the lens of your culture, the only thing that can happen is ripping things out of context and bad hermeneutics, bad interpretation. And we end up, what ends up happening is you end up replacing the glorious with the temporal mm -hmm. and striving after things that are of lesser good and lesser glory mm -hmm. and abandoning the true inheritance and despising our inheritance for a bowl of social justice soup. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you hamstring the very thing that is going to bring the change that you are claiming you want. That's right. Because the culture has absolutely no grounds to stand on when it comes to calling out truth or sin or injustice because they don't view it through a biblical worldview. Right. If they don't even have the ability or the power to define what the problem is, why are we going to them for the solution? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You Sorry. said it before. You give up your battleground. Yeah. 
you give up the battleground. And sadly, what Chandler's doing here is he's he's allowing the world to define, no, this is the problem. This is where we should be fighting. And then your result, then your then your um your your only resort is like, well, okay, what does the Bible say about this? I guess I guess I have to find some verses that speak to this instead of no 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 let's go to the Bible first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. Bible needs to be our primary source, not a secondary one. Yeah. Right. It's it's right. taking the the that worldview that cuz cuz CRT it is a worldview and it's taking that worldview and it's trying to like like you said it, it can't it, it can't diagnose the problem. It says this is the problem but it can't fix the problem. But it it's arguing with them on their own terms in their own way that they want so that whenever you actually, the person that comes along that says, no, no, let's go to scripture first. When that person comes along, they're saying, no, 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 that you're speaking from your privilege. You have to view it in the same way that we do. And ultimately it's a capitulation of, Mm -hmm. of your, of the biblical worldview to the cultural worldview, which in turn is an elevation of man because you have to raise them and their worldview and put them on a pedestal and replace what God says with what they say and try to argue with them and reason with them on their terms. The problem is you can't do, do that because of how this particular worldview CRT, because of how it works. Um, and there's actually all these rules that apply and, um, if you if you read the book White uh, Fragility, it talks about these things that if you if you even want to come be the person to listen and understand, that's you're just being a good white person, and in in order to increase your interest, it's called the uh, uh, interest convergence theory, where you're just only doing that because it's in your best interest to do that, uh, not that you actually want to, but that's what happens when you abandon the biblical worldview and try to reason on, on the world's uh, way of seeing things. It, it's a fool's errand. You, you won't get anywhere. Yeah. And then what you end up hearing is when you, when there are those who want to point back to a biblical worldview and say, we need to stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're told you're tone deaf, right? You're saying, stop with all this theology stuff. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what the Bible says. Can't you just grieve with people? and see people when the answer to that question is absolutely, but I want to do so. And I should do so as a Christian who says that I love Jesus, then I should obey his commands. Mm -hmm. And it says that I should search the scriptures and it says that I should do so uh, that I should grieve and hurt. Not like the world. Right. Right. Not like the world. We we don't, we don't apply that in other areas of life. Right. When, when when someone one one of our our brothers and sisters in a church has a family member that passes away or something, you know, we don't we don't reason that way. We reason from scripture and how we comfort them and how we console them uh, and how we mourn with them. But all of a sudden, if you if you replace that with with the topic of race, the the logic switches, the hermeneutic switches. To, to now it's not an actual biblical hermeneutic. It's the world's hermeneutic that you've imported in. Correct. Um, it, and it, 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 it blurs your way of thinking. I mean, it didn't really even blur. It's just, just completely uh, turns, turns you from scripture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Amen. Man. 
Well, and uh, did he already say what he did about, uh, yeah, he said sex trafficking and, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't just preach the gospel to the sex trafficker, or sex, you act, you act. And, and you know, and, th and then he says, you know, you, you can't, uh, you know, you can't call out, uh, you know, you, you can't call out these, these evil ideologies and just preach the gospel. You know, well, well the difference is, you know, with, with that kind of example is, you know, with the sex traffickers, uh, you know, and, and the abortion clinics, they are committed to an evil godless ideology. And then they're also committing evil and godless ideologies towards other image bearers. Mm -hmm. You know, however, in this case, it, it, it's a false narrative that's being propagated uh, through, through our country and the world. And, and those gaining power and the organizations whose values are completely antithetical to the biblical worldview are just growing. Mm -hmm. And we're, and you're finding those in the church that are aligning with those with, with that and saying, don't, don't call that out because we need to act. Well, Matt, you know, you're saying, Oh my gosh, you know, you just can't preach the gospel to them. Well, look, the problem, the problem isn't isms. The problem is their heart. And we've talked about that a bunch on this show. The problem is the heart. The problem is hatred. The problem is the fact that, and I, I referenced Romans 3 earlier, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous. No, not one. No one seeks God. That's the problem. That's the issue. And the gospel is the only thing that will speak to that issue. That's right. I mean, and yeah. even still, it's the gospel that moves you to act anyway. Right. Well, yeah. And and, and that's the thing is like, if 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 there are individuals out there that are simply preaching the gospel and not allowing the gospel to affect what they do, then yeah, I would say they're wrong. Right. Right. Yes, you are wrong. Our orthodoxy must result in orthopraxy. Amen. Right. Yeah. But you can't just say, you can't just say something like he did and then, and leave it with no qualifier. Like, because right. yes, in like at a certain point, like, yeah, I would agree with that statement. However, I don't think what you consider acting mm -hmm. is what I would is is something that I would agree with. Right now, are like, you, like, do you think that when he says acting, it means joining the cause, joining the movement? Again, here's the thing: I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know, and and it's unclear because there are so many things to join right now. Join mm, what the peaceful right. protesters? Yeah, I could probably get behind that. Or join what the rioters? No, I'm not going to do that. Like, like it is again. Th the problem with this is that it's so unclear. It's such an unclear statement, and it's a statement that is born out of simply just, just emotion. Mm -hmm. And there's no clarity. There's no scriptural clarity or real application of what he's saying we need to do. He's saying you can't just preach the gospel. You have to do something like, okay, but what does that look like? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like pastor me. Yeah. Show me in the scripture. How should I change? What should I do? Um, and the problem is, is just, that doesn't happen. And I'm left floundering. And here, here's the thing. And I want to, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. No, it's just us. But I am. It's just us. It's <laughs> just me. And, yeah. Nobody listens to this. Um, so a couple things. I, for one, I am very weary 
of being yelled at by Acts 29 pastors. Mm. Um, it's happened a lot. Yeah. And I'm kind of tired of being yelled at um, because that doesn't accomplish anything. Um, and I think perhaps my, perhaps my biggest problem with this, with this video, and there, there's a lot of issues, um, theologically and, and otherwise my biggest problem, I think with this video, and I'm speaking more on a personal, uh, on a personal note, just from my experience, um, not speaking for, for everybody, but I find this video to be one of the most tone deaf and ironic videos that he has ever put out. Um, because of all of all people to lecture me on injustice mm. and not speaking up when one should, I find it ironic that it's Matt Chandler that's telling me about this. Yeah, I agree. Because I have been personally, uh, I'm coming on the, well, yeah, <laughs> wow. I'm, Geez, I just thought of this. I'm coming on one year in a couple of weeks of my church being ripped away from me and Acts 29 doing nothing about it. And I'm sorry, I know that comes across bitter. And I mean, I'll probably confess to our audience here, like real, real talk, that it's been hard for me to get through that. And there are many times that I have to repent and repent of my bitterness and my unforgiveness in my heart um, because of what happened a year ago. Um, and I even had conversations with, I'll just, I'll just say conversations with individuals very high up uh, in Acts 29, some of which are still there and some of which are no longer in Acts 29, um, pleading and lit literally begging through messages and email to please help mm -hmm. and met with silence. Yep. I don't need Matt Chandler to lecture me on injustice because mm -hmm. I still am in contact with so many families who had their church family ripped away from them in a matter of a week and a half. And a year later, I'm still dealing with the ramifications of that. Like, I don't need this. <laughs> well, and Josh, uh, I, I thank you for being transparent brother. And uh, I don't think you sound bitter. I, I think it's uh, just like you said, I think it's real talk. Uh, and, and I think this, this is a good reminder for all of us that, uh, for anyone called uh, to, to be uh, a pastor, an elder, uh, a shepherd, that, that that person is to be above reproach, right? And uh, we understand that, 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 that things happen. You're dealing with people. Pastors and elders themselves are sheep that are being sanctified uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit by the Word of God. And thank God for that. So, but, but the different, you know, uh, but, but I'll say here, you know, the reason that this is ironic and I agree with you that it's tone deaf is because of the things that have publicly uh, come out as far as Acts 29's own admission 
this is not hearsay. This is their own admission. And then Matt ultimately here, Josh, to use your words, and I agree, getting very, very worked up and yelling, um, using improper hermeneutics uh, and improper anthropology, um, and 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 not properly, rightly, straightly cutting scripture straight here, you know, and and then pushing more of the human tradition route. This falls into a Matthew seven issue, when I would lovingly say that you know, Matt, if you're going to stand up here or sit there and and yell at everybody and lecture everybody about this, you need there are some logs, brother, mm-hmm. in your eye that need to be removed. Unless you're going to stick to scripture and lovingly ask people to look at this from a biblical worldview and with the truth, not based upon something that's false. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, when when, when you were uh, saying that... Um... Uh, by the way, uh, listeners, if if y'all are dealing with any anything similar to what Josh um, just described, uh, we actually did an episode on church hurt. Uh, what happens when the church hurts you? Uh, I would encourage you to check that out. Uh, Josh speaks a lot into that, uh, but I I do also have a problem with Matt Chandler lecturing me. When there, and and we we've spoken about it on another episode as well. When there are clear issues that he needs to take care of within his own network, as president, um, he shouldn't even be talking about this right now unless he's already dealt with that. Again, Chris, that goes with uh, Matt Matthew seven, um, and I I have big big issue with that. Um, and not to mention just the pattern that uh, of thing behaviors uh, as far as pastors uh, not doing what they're supposed to do, not being the pastoral role, and and this this speaks directly to Matt Chandler. Things that have happened within the village church or within uh, campuses of the village church that he was supposed to deal with that he didn't do. Um, that ended up hurting a lot of people. Um, and that's, that's public knowledge. Um, right. That's stuff that, that has since come out. That's not anything hidden. Um, that's public knowledge. Uh, but uh, hey, go, go can ahead. Can I say one thing here just to, uh, none of us are saying that we are uh, perfect or have arrived. Okay. Uh, none of us are, uh, we, I've said this before in previous episodes. I absolutely um, uh, identify when Paul says, I, not that I have already obtained it. Um, amen and right on. And if the Apostle Paul can say that, all of us should also say that. Um, but, you know, again, I, I go back to what I said. It's, it's, there's an above reproach issue. And again, thank God for grace. Mm-hmm. Thank God for mercy. Thank God that he does not uh, leave us where we are and does discipline us in his grace. And I, for one, am very grateful for that. Um, but again, when you have this kind of platform, you know, and, and this, this video has 16,430 views as of the recording of this podcast um, on YouTube. That doesn't account for Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, anywhere else that was shared. 
and and Josh, you have said this in previous episodes, and I wholeheartedly agree with agree with you. This is where we have to be very careful with the words that we say, the definitions that we use, and we have to be very very pointed and specific in how and where we use those. That's right. Mm-hmm. Shall so, we continue? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> almost done. Wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's a little bit more. Yeah, there's, a there's, more. A, yeah. there's another part that really irritates me too that I want to get to as well. Uh, you cannot point out all the well. This means this, and this believes this, and that's this, and that's this, and, and ignore the sorrow and lament of 12 to 13 million image bearers in our country. Okay, that means that everyone is sharing the exact same experience, and that is not true. Yeah, I had that thought as well. That's not true. Um, but we actually can point out things within the movement. This means this, and this means this, and th- this means that, because we have the origins of the movement. We can do that, and then we know what yeah. Scripture says about those things. So we actually can do that. Well, and like... I don't know. You might you might want to edit this out, but nope. Like, you, you ignored no, you ignored mine. That's right. He re- and, 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 you and, made and, a comment. He reached out to you, and then you yeah. Responded we talked. Never. Heard. Well, yeah. I mean, that's 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 some behind the curtain stuff there. Sure, but and again, like I'm not equating my. It is completely different issues, race, and you know what what's going on today, and what I went through. But but, but, but it's not but, Josh. But, it's but, sin and it's it, hate. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's the same it's the same remedy. And, and he's assuming he he's falsely assuming that the those people that preach the gospel don't care or have compassion about what's going on. Yeah, well, that I mean whether assumption. whether he's assuming that or not, I don't know. That is that's definitely the that's definitely the message that you take from it. Mm-hmm. And again, it just it's just unclear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I'd like to think that he doesn't think people who preach the gospel, they do it because they hate the people they're preaching to. Right, right. But right. yeah, I'll def, you know, I'll, I'll I'll definitely agree that that's that is the logical conclusion that I think one who's listening to that comes to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's a lack of clarity, and it's just again that's that that's what we get when we make arguments from emotion and not from scripture. There it's, you go, right there. It's very murky. It's very muddy, and it's never clear because our emotions are never clear. Emotions are up and down, and sideways and upways, and doing somersaults all over the time. At least I know mine are. Mine are right now. Like I'm. Yeah, mine too. I just stop talking. But scripture is always clear. That's right. That's right. Scripture is never fallible. Right. Scripture is always, always consistent. Amen. And my emotions aren't. That's right. Um, yeah, so we, we have to be making our arguments and our statements through scripture and not how we feel about something. Yep. That's right. All right. Let's keep going. You can't do that. We mourn with those who mourn. And yes, there are demonic and evil ideologies at play, but that's where the people of God are meant to run with light and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to sit back and snipe via social media. This part really irritated me because before he said, you can't just, you can't just preach the gospel uh, and whatnot. But then he's saying there are demonic and dark ideologies at work. And that's where the people of God are to run 
but what are you to run with? The gospel. But then he says, not for the people of God to sit back and snipe via social media. This clip was edited in such a way so that it could be posted on social media. And he's going to sit there to snipe at people for critiquing or, or posting truth, putting the gospel out, whatever, on social media. Talk about hypocrisy. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think the problem, the problem with, with this is that anybody from any ideology or any religion could watch this and 100% agree unless you are thinking biblically as a Christian. And that's a big problem for me is this is a video that is very easy to agree with. If you are not, uh, what do you say? Allowing scripture to be the lens by which you look through and yeah, like, like someone, someone who is in full agreement, or excuse me, agreement with the riots or with transgenderism or with abortion could watch this and be like, yeah, right on. I'm, I'm retweeting this. That's right. You know, and I, and to me, that's, that's, I think that's an issue. And, and it's dangerous because it's, it, those people that do that, look, take this video and share it and, and look at that. They go to other Christians and say, you're not a Christian unless you're doing what he's saying. Yeah. Well, and he said, you know, we're, we're to be the light in dark places. And he references Matthew five, but that passage of scripture right there, you have to back up to verse 13 instead of, you know, verse 14 says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Absolutely. Right. And we shine a light, right? Nor does anyone put a lamp under a lamp, under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house, but back up to verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So my point in sharing that when it comes to what he's saying here is, okay, look at how quickly information spreads on social media, right? And, and Drew, to your point, this what we're listening to right now is the full what what you know what we're playing this through the full hour and 23 minute service from the village church this past sunday and uh the but but where everybody has seen this is the three minute and seven second clip that's been on igtv and facebook so when i listen to this there were so many red flags going off in my head and the red flags were was was passages of scripture that I'm just going, nope, that that's antithetical to what the Bible teaches right there. The the, the problem with with what he just said is it's 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 like, no, don't you dare come back at me ever on social. You're just sniping on social media. When we as Christians, yes, we're called to be light, but we're also called to be salt. And guess what salt an open wound does? It stings. It does. It stings. Or it can be bitter. Um, you know, so, so to sit there and say that, we're also called to be salt. We're also called, all of us, 
to keep each other accountable in the things that we say and do. And, and when we see issues like partnering with an organization that's based out of Marxism and wants to arm themselves and police themselves and their quote-unquote people, and Christians and the church are not going, no, this is wrong. I have been personally, and this is not about me, but I just want to point this out. I've been personally lambasted on social media from people that I know and love, truly do know and love, love them. I've done ministry with these people for not uttering three words in this whole situation. Black lives matter. I haven't even said the words that seem to, for whatever reason, uh, man, they, they fire up somebody. I haven't even said all lives matter. I have been trying to post things to keep people biblically central. Mm -hmm. I've been accused of being spiritually abusive. I've been told this isn't the right time for this when it's the perfect time for this. There is no, there is no, no there is no, like, the, this is like, the this perfect time, the time. Yes, it for is. It Josh, to your to point, when we recorded our last episode about George Floyd, this is the perfect time for the church to stand up and say, no, no, no. We are what a pillar and a buttress for what the truth. Well, here's the thing. The only time society is going to say it's the right time to quote scriptures when it fits their narrative. Yeah. We're never going it, to have a correct time to yeah. quote script. It's always, here's the thing. It's what Christ promised. Yeah. Scripture is always going to be against the world. Always. You're, you're always going to receive backlash if you preach the word. Yeah. Well, we see, we've been seeing the world using scripture they've just been taking it out of context right, right? luke yeah. 15 uh or jesus overturning the uh Matthew 25 the the tables and to try to support rioting and lawlessness right um but martin luther king jr said that rioting is just the voice of the unheard yeah well, anyway yeah let's yeah. but yeah let's let, let, let's keep going because he said something in here about the riots and and, and this is the last thing i had and then Okay. But there was something specific. Go ahead. I'm, I got a little hot there. I apologize. We must grow in the hope that God will heal the wounds of racism and that what we're watching on our TV unfold again will one day cease. Look at me. This is our inheritance. No, it's this not. Is mine. No, it's not. This is yours. No, it's not. What you're seeing play out right now in this right in here, this right here riot and and in murder and in what you're seeing play that, that is a robbing of our inheritance i'm talking to the church i'm talking to followers of jesus christ it, it's mine bought by the blood of jesus christ we are to grow in a hope that this is possible all right right there right there no yes we the gospel is and scripture is sufficient enough to cover the wounds of 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 ethnic prejudice and ethnic hatred absolutely it absolutely is and we should want that we should pray for that we ourselves if we encounter someone who has experienced that should point people lovingly to the truth of scripture and how god can heal those wounds but 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 he says you know that, that you know i'm talking to the church this is my inheritance it's robbing us of our inheritance no it's not nothing can rob you i've already talked about that this is not 
going to end. Something like this is going to happen again. It's been happening since the fall. It will happen till Christ's return. And here's why Christians need to stop with the worldly narrative, because the issue is not racism or sexism or any other isms. The issue is hatred. The issue is sin. Romans 3. I've quoted it a couple of times. There is none righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There is no none who seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they've become useless. Their throat is an open grave. The poison of asps is under their lips. They are quick to shed blood. Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned, okay? Romans 8 says that the earth and us, we are groaning and in eager waiting for the return of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 7, 20 through 22, indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. Also, do not take seriously all words which are spoken so that you will not hear your servant cursing you. Okay? Um, th this is what is happening. Okay? Sin is the issue. And there's only one thing that overcomes sin, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, also, in regards to reforming legislation and reforming laws, remember, laws only are, are put in place to protect us from ourselves as human beings, right? That, that's what that is. Now, and check this out. I heard this today and it blew me away. Romans 8 verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. So if the law of God, according to this passage, is weak to and, and weak to insight true renewal of one's heart how much more impotent is our 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 laws human laws and legislations we have to get to the heart of the issue and the heart of the issue how you get there is through the sharing and continued sharing of the whole counsel of god and the gospel of jesus christ and you stop buying into these ideologies that are godless, in fact, they're God-hating because they hate the things of God. Why is it so bad to stand up and say, absolutely, if you're hurting, I absolutely will mourn with you. I will weep with you. But, you know, true reconciliation without truth, true aligning without truth doesn't exist. It, it doesn't work. We have to keep people and ourselves, well, first of all, ourselves, and then point others to Scripture. That's all I got. Josh, final thoughts. You're muted there, buddy. <laughs> oh sorry josh final thoughts i don't know i didn't know it was muted 
Um, yeah, not don't view what's going on and the problems that are in our society through the lens of your emotion or through the the remedies that the world says is going to work. Um, just use scripture, open your Bible, spend time in your word and spend time with people that need the gospel and yes, preach the gospel, but allow the gospel to transform you and do good work <laughs> and don't rip scripture out of context. Don't feel like you need to, to mold scripture to the culture. Uh, scripture is always relevant and scripture is always going to be powerful. Scripture is never going to return void. And scripture is never going to be something that needs to change or shift because of the current situations that we find ourselves in. Amen. Never. It's never going to happen because God doesn't change and God does not become it, um, irrelevant and God does not lose power. God does not uh, lose the ability to change hearts in the midst of any circumstance. Amen. And he uses his word to do that. Yeah. Chris, final thoughts. Yeah, I hope as always, you know, I, I just hope you hear our hearts in this. And, and again, this wasn't meant to be a, uh, an attack or, uh, you know, on, on, on Matt Chandler, um, or, you know, it, it just, it promoting ideals and narratives and ideologies as a pastor, promoting and pushing those things and allowing those to influence your, um, exegesis and homiletical presentation when it comes to your sermon should not happen. Um, you know, and, and, and I would, I would humbly and lovingly remind all of us, as Josh said, um, and this is not easy for me, especially right now, uh, to, to say, but allow scripture to inform our emotions and, uh, and, and, and we should be, we should be men and women of the truth. And there's a lot of uh, false and a lot of lies and a lot of non-truth that have fueled what we're seeing right now um, in the world and in the church. And, and it's not okay. It's not okay. So that's all I got. Yep. Uh, I would like to encourage everyone that there are, in fact, as, as Matt Chandler said, dark and demonic ideologies at play but you don't partner with them. I would strongly encourage everyone to invest the time in learning about uh, CRT, uh, woke theology, intersectionality, uh, learn their origins, what it means when it comes into the church. Uh, Because it is gaining it has a strong foothold and it is gaining an ever more stronger foothold. And we need to eradicate this thought from the church because it is contrary to what scripture teaches. And all it does is divide further and further. So I would encourage everyone to study up on that. Uh, and 
like these guys have said, let scripture be your foundation. Let that be the lens that you first view everything through. Let it be your foundation, run to it. And again, let that be your lens, not your experience, uh, not your emotions. And take courage because our God is strong. Amen. Amen. That's right. Um, so with that, we're going to head out of here. Uh, Chris sent me a message, but I'm not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh we're gosh. getting out of here. See ya. Bye.